Who here has had a really, 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 really bad day? Like a terrible day. Okay. However bad your day was, it does not compare to the guy I'm going to tell you about today. This guy had the worst day ever, but he was still able to pierce the darkness. What we're talking about in this series is people who were in bad situations, people who were in dark places, who ended up doing things that were really good and who ended up making big impacts. So today we're going to talk about a guy named Joseph. Who here knows about Joseph? Raise your hand if you know that Bible story. I'm Joseph. Okay. Hey, your name's Joseph? Yes. That's legit, bro. Awesome. Will you guys pray with me? Because we are going to talk about a Bible story. Now, this Bible story is like eight chapters long, but I'm not going to read eight chapters. Today, I did all the work for you, and I actually read the chapters and like absorbed them and then like figured out how to tell them to you guys in story form. So I'm excited about that. We are going to study the story of Joseph. Everything I'm telling you guys in this story is true. Everything I'm telling you guys, I've, I've made it in your language so you can understand it. But everything I'm telling you is straight from the Bible. It's the straight story. Um, and I'm not going to make it too crazy. I'm just going to give you guys the story because it's an amazing story. So, story Joseph. Joseph was a guy. <laughs> oh, so deep, right? Okay. Joseph was a guy. He was in a family of... 12 brothers. Joseph was the baby. He was the little brother. How many of you guys here are the baby in your family? Okay, you can just leave. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, but no, seriously. The babies, I was the oldest in my family. My little sister got everything she wanted. It was like, what do you want, Amanda? You want ice cream? And then the baby would eat all the ice cream and I'd be left with like a spoon full of vinegar, and I just, no, I don't even know. It was just, it was a hard time. Being the oldest kid, you start out really cute, everyone likes you, and then you grow up, and you're the old, like, just creepy, fat old person, and you've got this baby sister who just ruined everything. Have you seen my car? Look at my car. My car, Lola, have you seen her? She, I've had her since I was 15. My parents got me, like, the cheapest car they could get back then. That's still my car. Like, first car and last car. It's like, that's the only car I've had. It's terrible. It's broken in so many ways. Amanda, my little baby sister, she got this nice red, like, sports car type of thing. It's amazing. Anyway, I'm a little jealous. But that's how Joseph's brothers felt. See, Joseph's father, Jacob, he played favorites. That's what he did. He was like, Joseph is my baby boy. I love Joseph so much. The other 12 brothers, uh, Dan, Reuben, Judah, Asher, Nefalti, other names, I can't remember. Benjamin. Benjamin was not born yet. We'll get to him. So this is what happened, okay? Joseph's dad, he got Joseph this coat. This coat was like a coat of many colors. It was like just amazing and flashy and schnazzy. Now, all of Joseph's brothers, all of his oldest brothers, they got sleeveless shirts, Back then, that meant if you're wearing a sleeveless shirt, that means that you're doing hard labor. You're going to be out in the fields, scooping up the cow poop, shoveling stuff, building things, sweating all day. Joseph got like the nice long robe, the Bible says, with sleeves, which means that his job was to like write stuff down and like go check on his brothers like, hey, dad sent me to see if you guys are doing a good job. It looks like you are. Like, 
the brothers hated Joseph. Because Joseph never did anything. He never lifted a finger. He never did any work. He never helped his brothers. He was daddy's little boy. Did any of you guys know anybody like that in your life? Like they just never do anything and they're just teacher's pet, you know? And they... Okay, so you can relate. Maybe you have younger siblings. Maybe you have someone in your class who just never does any work and just the teacher loves them for some reason and you're working really hard. Joseph's brothers were really bummed out. So Jacob, the father, Jacob was esteeming. To esteem, it means to put someone above other people. He was always esteeming Joseph. He's like, Joseph, you're my favorite son. And the other sons are like, seriously, dad, you're just going to say that? And Jacob's just like, yeah, you're my favorite son. Deal with it, okay? You guys are so lame. The other brothers were just, they were bummed. It was a bummer life. It was a weird situation where Jacob was just playing favorites with his sons. Now, Joseph, while Jacob is esteeming, Joseph is dreaming. I made a rhyme. Uh, Joseph is dreaming. He's a dreamer. He has dreams. He's like, he walks in the room and he's like, I have a dream. He just, he is a dreaming man. He walks into the room with his brothers and he says, hey, brothers, I've got this awesome dream. It's amazing. And they're like, whatever, Joseph, you never do anything. You're so lame. He's like, no, check it out. You guys want to hear my dream? And they're like, sure, fine, whatever. I hope it's a dream where you die. And then, no, they hated him. So then Joseph's like, okay, check this out. I was dreaming that I was out in the field working with you guys. And they're like, well, yeah, obviously that's a dream. You've never worked in your life, Joseph. And Joseph's like, no, it was crazy. I was out working with you guys and we were like, we were gathering wheat and we like were binding them up in these like wheat stacks. It was like, a, it was like that's what they did back then. Like they, that was work. You, you bound up wheat stacks. So they're grabbing wheat to make bread and they're binding it up. And then Joseph's like, it was so crazy because you guys had these really tall wheat stacks but then I had a wheat stack, and when I had a wheat stack, all your wheat stacks bowed down to my wheat stack, yo. And Joseph's brothers are like, oh, what? Why would you tell us that? That's so terrible. And then, like, Joseph's dad walks in. He's like, what's all the ruckus? What, what's going on? And, uh, and Joseph's like, oh, I had a dream, dad. And he's like, oh, tell me your dream. And the mom comes in. She's like, oh, yeah, tell us your dream. We love you, Joseph. And Joseph's like, it was crazy. It's crazy because I was dreaming that, like, I was out in space, and then there were 12 stars, or 11 stars. And then I, I dreamed that those 11 stars bowed down to me, and then the sun and moon bowed down to me. And everyone's just like, Joseph, seriously? Like, even Joseph's parents are like, are you saying that, like, your 11 brothers and the sun and moon, the mom and dad, are, we're all going to bow down to you? Seriously, Joseph, what is wrong with you? TMI, that's too much information to share. Just keep it to yourself. Don't share your weird dreams. He's, he's a weird dreaming kid. He's got a dream. Little does he know, this dream is from the Lord. Sometimes when God gives you a dream, if God, if God tells you that your parents are going to bow down to you one day, don't tell your parents. You'll be way too prideful about it. That's what Joseph was doing. He's just being prideful. He's like, he's like, hey, God gave me this dream. Everyone will worship me. Keep it to yourself, Joseph. Okay, listen. Jacob is esteeming. Joseph is dreaming. And the brothers are scheming. I rhymed so much right there. My album drops next week. Um... Just kidding. Here's what happened. The brothers, they get together. And Simeon, good old Simeon, he says, you know what? It's one of the brothers. He goes, you know what? Joseph is stupid. He's so lame. He's always causing us problems. Let's just straight up murder him. And all the brothers are like, that sounds great. I've been, I, I didn't want to say it. I've been saying that in my mind. I've been thinking it for years. I've been waiting for someone else to say it. So now someone said it. All the brothers are like, we've all been thinking this. We've all thought, let's murder our little brother. So let's do it. Let's just kill the guy. He's, he's so stupid. So they, they uh, one day, 
They're like, hey, Joseph, come, come for a walk with us, man. We love you. And Joseph's like, of course they love me because I'm awesome. Have you guys seen my sweet coat? And they're like, yeah, we've seen it. Come on, Joseph. Come on, let's go. Let's go for a walk. So they're going with Joseph. They're like, we love you so much, Joseph. You're like the best brother ever. And their minds are like, hate, hate, hate. Kill, kill, kill. So, and then Reuben, Reuben, he's like, you know what, guys? We can't, we can't do this. We can't kill Joseph. It, that's, that's just, that's crazy. He's our brother. He's our flesh and blood. We can't do it. We can't murder Joseph. And everyone's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I got kind of caught up in the excitement of the whole murder Joseph thing, but you're right. He is our brother. So probably shouldn't do it. You know, it'd probably be a big deal. And Reuben's like, here's what we'll do. We'll throw him in a pit. We'll sell him as a slave to Egyptians. And then we'll kill a goat and we'll dip his clothes in the goat blood and we'll tell our dad he got eaten by a goat. <laughs> or murdered by a goat. Whatever. Depends on your translation. Um, so, <laughs> so they're like, yeah, that's a great plan. Let's do it. Like, forget killing him. Let's sell him as slavery. Then he'll just live for a long time and be a slave. That's way better than him dying. He deserves worse than death. He deserves being an Egyptian. And they knew if you're an Egyptian, they shave all the hair off your body. You have to wear makeup. You turn into a bald makeup wearing freak if you're an Egyptian slave. It's crazy. So they're, they're like so excited about this. They're like, hey, Joseph, come for a walk with us. Push him in a pit. Joseph's like, what? Why? Why? Why would you? Why? And they're like, just shut up, Joseph. And they take his coat. And then they dip it in blood from a goat, a ram. And then they're like, see you later, Joseph. And the Egyptians come, and they take him into slavery. And he gets shaved and makeup up. And now he's a slave. Bad day. Like the worst day you could possibly have. That's what Joseph is dealing with right now. You don't want to be, have all your brothers throw you in a pit. Lie to your dad. Hey, say dad. Hey, dad. Joseph's dead. A goat ate him. He's gone. I know that's not right, but it's funny. A goat ate him. Joseph, I mean, Jacob totally fell for it. Can you imagine what that dad went through? He's his favorite son, the one he loved, and the other brothers come. They're like, they got this, they got his coat and soaked with blood. And they show it to Jacob. And they're like, Jacob, daddy Jacob. It was so, it was so sad. We were walking with Joseph because we love him. He's our favorite brother. He's just, we love him. And then this goat attacked us. It was trying to kill us. But Joseph was so brave. You just would have loved to see Joseph. He dove in front and the, the goat's horns. And he just dove right on the goat's horns. He's brave, but he's not really smart, Dad. He's kind of dumb. And he jumped at the horns. And now he's dead. And we got his coat, but he's dead. And the goat ate him after he died. It's so sad, Dad. And the dad is so sad. He, he lost his only son. Little does he know, his son is in Egypt. So, we've got some terrible brothers doing a terrible, terrible thing. Now, here's what you need to understand about Joseph. This is one of my main points for tonight. Like, I want to ask you guys, have you ever been in a situation, just think, have you ever been in a situation where you're like, okay, this is the worst situation I've ever been through? Maybe, it's, maybe it was like a divorce. Maybe it was something in your family that went down that was bad. Maybe it was friends breaking up. Maybe it's just a really, really bad day where you wake up in the morning and you think it's going to be a good day and everything, like, you just, you just, you look terrible, you smell terrible, you're late, you fail everything, you get detention, your report card comes, it's like the middle of the year, report cards didn't even do yet, but for some reason yours shows up in the mail and it's all F's and you had A's the day before and your life is just terrible. Maybe you've had a day like that. I'm exaggerating, but we've all had really, really terrible days. 
I think in most situations in my life, whenever I have a really, really terrible day where everything goes bad, and I've had plenty of those days, one of those days was, I remember, there was this girl I liked a lot in school here. And I'd been working up the nerve to ask her to date me. I was like in probably fifth grade. And I thought it'd be great, like a great idea to date someone in fifth grade. Stupid. But anyway, I was part of the school play. And she's sitting directly in front of me. And I'm like leaning in to like tap on her shoulder to like, I don't even know what I was going to ask her, but it was like something. I was going to ask her something related to dating fifth grade me. And right as I'm leaning in, she, this, this guy next to her, he literally is like, hey, want to date? <laughs> She's just like, yes, yes, oh my gosh. Yeah. And it just, it was over. And I just, I was so bummed. I was, so, I was like, what? What? There's another time where I, oh my gosh, I wasn't even planning on telling this story, but it's so bad. Okay, I was uh, here at Calvary. I was such a weird little kid. I don't know if any of you guys would have been friends with me. I was just such a weirdo. Um, you're a good man. Thank you. But I was just this weird guy with, like, curly hair and just kind of, like, awkward and weird. Kind of like I am now, but, you know, I'm, I'm married, so it all worked out. Praise the Lord. Um, but, uh, so I loved theater. I loved drama and all this stuff. So I decided I was going to put on a show. It was our spring formal. And I decided I was going to do a comedy routine. And I, I was a weird kid. I loved old musicals and old routines from, like, the 1950s and 40s. So I started listen, watching all these old musicals and comedy routines, and I was studying and performing all these jokes, and I dressed up in like a suit and a hat, and I had a little Charlie Chaplin mustache, and I got up on stage, and I'm doing my act, and I'm so excited. I'm singing like, oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. I'm singing all these songs and doing all these little dance routines and stuff. I can't dance. Uh, I don't know what that is. I, I don't know. But I did it. I got up there, and I did it. And I'm like doing it, and first people laugh, but then people stopped caring, and they were just like sitting at their tables talking to one another, and no one was actually watching me. So I was getting ready for the big musical number where my friend Jeremy Reese was gonna come hit me in the face with a pie. So I'm building up to it, and I'm getting louder and louder, and then Jeremy comes, and he throws this pie at me, and it hits me in the face, and I'm, the music's like, and I'm like standing out there, and like nobody was even watching. I'm like smearing the pie off my face and no one's looking, no one's laughing. And I just like, I literally like, I left the spring formal and I just walked around the hotel we were at for like two hours, just covered in whipped cream. It was a terrible moment. So maybe you've had moments that weren't good. None of us can live up to this with Joseph in a pit in slavery. I mean, this is really, really bad. Here's the thing about Joseph. Joseph never gave up. See, sometimes you're going to be in really dark places in your life. Sometimes you're going to hit bottom. Sometimes you're going to be in a place, maybe you're in a place where you're like, how did I get here? How did I end up in this family? This family is really, really sinful, and I'm trying to live for Jesus. How am I in this family? Or maybe you're like, how did I end up in this group of friends? I started out as a young kid, and we were all walking with Jesus, and now I'm in eighth grade, and all, none of my friends walk with Jesus. And I'm still in this group of friends, and I'm still trying to be friends with these people, but I mean, how did I end up here? Maybe it's the school you're at right now. Maybe you're like, how did I end up here? How am I in this place? It's so dark. It's so hard for me to be a Christian here. It's so hard for me to follow the Lord. It's so easy for me to give in. Joseph is in Egypt. He's been given to a general of the Egyptian army. These are the people who've been attacking God's people for years. Basically his enemies. It's like if you got sold into some foreign crazy Muslim country that was like attacking, like if, if during like the war 
that America was having, like, um, when America was at war with Iraq, it'd be like if you got sold to Iraq and you were a slave to a general in Iraq. It would be crazy. It'd be crazy. So you know what I would do probably if it were me? I'd complain. I'd be like, this is terrible. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. This is a bad situation. But you know what Joseph does? Joseph's like, it doesn't matter where I am. I serve the Lord. Joseph's like, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm not at home. It doesn't matter that I'm in this foreign country. It doesn't matter that I'm a slave. God's my master. No matter who my master here on earth is, no matter who's my slave master, God ultimately is the person I work for. So Joseph actually does some work. Joseph actually is like the best servant in the Egyptian household of Potiphar. He just completely turns that place upside down. He's cleaning. He's waxing things. He's just mopping stuff. And all the other servants are like, who is this Hebrew? Who is this guy? This guy is amazing. Joseph gets promoted to the chief of staff. He gets promoted. Like, Joseph, we love you. You work so hard for a slave. This is amazing. Why are you working so hard? And Joseph's like, I'm just doing my job. In his mind, he's thinking, I'm not doing this for them. I'm doing it for God. It doesn't matter where I am, just like it doesn't matter what family you're in or what school you're in. You've been placed wherever you are by God. So Joseph does his best. You know what happens? Long story short, he gets accused of doing something he didn't do. Potiphar's wife, his master, um, Potiphar's wife says, Joseph was flirting with me and he tried to, he was trying to do bad stuff to me. He attacked me. Really, she was flirting with him the whole time. Really, she was the one who was flirting with Joseph. So he gets thrown in jail for something he didn't do. He didn't do anything to her. She's like tempting him. She's like, hey, Joseph, come sleep with me. He totally runs the other way. He totally is like, I'm not going to do it because that would be wrong. That would be wrong to my master. That'd be wrong to God. I'm not going to sleep with you, Potiphar's wife. I'm out of here. He gets thrown in jail because he gets accused of doing something he didn't do. So now he's in jail. At this point, it's like, okay, I'm in a dark place. There's no way I can pierce this darkness. This is really bad. I'm in jail. You know what he does? He's like, I'm going to be the best prisoner around. I'm going to work my face off. So he starts going to the guy who's the leader of the jail, and he's like, what can I do for you? How can I help? How, can I clean up things? Can I bring food to other prisoners? Can I pray for you? The prison, the prison guard's like, what are you talking about, prayer? Joseph is just trying so hard to be a good prisoner. And he is, I mean, he could be sitting around feeling sorry for himself. You know what he's doing? He's interpreting other people's dreams. God gave him a gift. He said, Joseph, you're going to interpret dreams. So people come to him, they're like, Joseph, I'm having these dreams. And Joseph's like, let me tell you what it means. This dream means that you're blessed. Oh, this dream means that your head's going to get cut off. That's, that's a different story. There's a guy who came to him, and he's like, Joseph, tell me what my dream means. And Joseph's like, you're going to die. Uh, sorry to be so depressing, but that's really what your dream means. God has decreed it. So long story short, I'm focusing on a very different part of the story. I'm skipping over a lot of things, but I want you guys to pay attention. The last time I taught this, I didn't talk at all about what I'm going to talk about tonight. Long story short, Joseph does his best. <clears throat> Some of you guys need to hear this tonight. You're in a dark place. Joseph does his best. He does it for the Lord. He works hard for the Lord. You know what happens? He gets promoted to like head of the prison. He's the guy who's helping the prison master. And eventually he gets promoted out of prison to go see Pharaoh, the guy who's basically the president of Egypt. And he goes to Pharaoh. Pharaoh has a dream. He tells Pharaoh what his dream means. Long story short, Joseph becomes the governor of Egypt. Like, this is crazy. He starts out just working on his dad's farm, barely doing anything. He gets thrown into a pit. His life could have been over, but he doesn't complain. He doesn't give up. He trusts the Lord. He works hard. Now he's the governor of Egypt. He 
the Pharaoh put him in charge. See, what happened was there was a famine in the land. That means that everyone's animals were dying. Vegetables were drying up. There wasn't rain. Things couldn't grow. So basically, Pharaoh's like, I don't know what to do. There's, there's no food in the land. Everyone's going to die. And it wasn't just Egypt. It was all the other countries around it, um, including Israel. That's where Joseph is from. So Joseph says, you know what, Pharaoh? Let me take care of it. And Pharaoh says, okay. So he gets promoted to governor. Now Joseph is in charge of getting food to everybody in the land. And he's doing a great job. He's like a brilliant guy. He comes up with all these plans to make sure that people get food. He's like helping them conserve food and give food to other people. Now this is where the story gets interesting. And the story already is interesting. But this is where a different part of the story we don't normally look at gets really, really interesting. Okay? So thanks for sticking with me for the intro. We're going to go back to Joseph's brothers, and that's really what this story is about, okay? Joseph's brothers, they've been living in guilt for about 30 years. Like, they have been just having a terrible time. Who's ever had a secret for a long time? Anybody? Yeah? Who's ever lied to your parents about something for a long time? I, I have. Yeah? Okay. Who thinks it's a great feeling? Nobody! It's terrible, and you're always wondering, like, when are they going to find out? Oh, my gosh, when, are, when is it going to click? Like, you guys know that feeling when you're just always looking over your shoulder? Like, and anytime you're talking to your parents, I remember I was talking to one of your parents in this room. Actually, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I was talking to one of your parents, and they were just like, yeah, they did something. I'm like, what'd they do? And they're like, I don't know, but I know they did something. And I'm just going to, like, were well, you going to, like, talk to them? Or are you going to be like, hey, like, what'd you do? No, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to torture them. And every time they talk to me, they're going to have a little bit of a suspicion that I know that they did something. But I'm not going to tell them that they did something. And I was like, you are one sick parent. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, parents love to torture us with that when they know we've done something. But Jacob, their dad, he has no idea. So for 30 years, he's just been sad. I mean, think about it. Every year, any of you guys who've had people in your family die, you know when it gets to that date, and you, you remember that date, when that date comes and it's the date that you remember they died, the date that you heard that they passed away, that hurts. For 30 years, I mean, Jacob has just been rocked by just this grief of his son dying. Even though he's had another son, one more son, baby Benjamin, little baby Benjamin, he's about, I want to say, 15, 16 years old at this point in the story. The little guy, Benjamin, the other guys, they're like in their 30s and 40s. They've grown up and life has been hard for them because they've been living with that guilt. But for Jacob, I mean, the dad, it's been hard. He's old and his heart is just broken. Even though he's had a new son, it doesn't, it doesn't make up for what he's lost. So Jacob says, it literally says this in the Bible. <laughs> I love this. In Genesis, uh, when I was reading it today, Jacob's talking to his sons and he's like, what are you guys all standing around for? They're just standing around looking. He's like, why are you just standing around looking at one another? We're dying. There's no food. Let's get food. Go to Egypt. Go talk to the Pharaoh and go get food. Now, when these guys hear the word Egypt, they're like, oh, snap. Egypt. I do not want to go there. That's where we sold Joseph. Just going to Egypt is going to remind me of all the terrible stuff we've done in our life. But their dad is like, guys, the whole family is dying. They've got their own wives. They've got their own kids at this point. Jacob, the grandpa, the head of the family, he's like, for the sake of our family, you guys have got to go to Egypt as a team of brothers and get us some food. So they go and they leave Benjamin behind. They show up to see 
the governor. Who's the governor? Joseph. Joseph. So, this is where the story is going to get very interesting. They show up to see Joseph. Joseph sees them. Twelve guys, big beards, just guilty looks on their face. I you're right. Thank you. It was 11 because Benjamin was at home and they think Joseph's dead. So 11 guys show up and they are, they've got guilty looks on their face. They're bummed out. Joseph sees them and goes, oh shoot, it's my brothers. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? This could be really bad. This could be a really bad situation. What do I do? He thinks, I've got an idea. I'll pretend to be a stranger. So they show up and they're like, Mr. Governor, can you please give us some food? Joseph doesn't recognize, or they don't recognize Joseph. You know why? Because he's bald and he's wearing eyeliner. That's why. They, he looks like a completely different person. He's all makeuped up in Egyptian. He's wearing Egyptian clothes, Egyptian headdresses. He doesn't even look like himself anymore. They look like Hebrews. They've got giant beards, and they just, you know what I mean? It's, it's a completely different look. They don't recognize Joseph. And Joseph is speaking Egyptian. He's like, shakalakalaka, maka. And they're using an interpreter, a translator. So Joseph is not recognizable to them, and he's speaking in a different language. He's using an interpreter. So they come over there. Joseph, the Bible says, he spoke harshly to them. He said, why are you here? Why have you come here? What brings you here? And they're like, whoa, whoa, because they're looking at the food line, and, and Joseph's being nice to everybody. He's like, oh, here's some food. Here's some grain. Oh, God bless you. And then they come, and he's like, what are you guys doing here? Why, why have you come here? And they say, we're, we're just here to buy some food. And he says, no, you're spies. You're terrorists. You've come here to destroy Egypt. And they're like, no, no, dude. We're just 11 hungry brothers. And Joseph says, no, you're spies. You're terrorists. Give me details. Tell me about yourself. You got a family? You got a dad? You got any other brothers? He starts asking really specific questions. And they go, uh, we come from a big family of about 12 brothers, and we all came from the same dad. 12 brothers, same dad. And Joseph goes, oh, 12 brothers, huh? 12 brothers? Well, I only see 10 brothers. And they say, uh, yeah, uh, well, uh, we had 12 brothers, but one is with our father, and the other is kind of dead. He died. And Joseph's thinking, no, I'm not, suckers. You're going to get it. This is your story gets interesting. So, Joseph's like, tell me about the little brother. And they're like, that's just, that's baby Benjamin. Baby Benjamin, you say? Baby Benjamin. And I imagine Joseph, like a, like a super villain, just like, mm, baby Benjamin, okay, this, I can work with this. So he says, you know what? You're all going to jail, suckers. And they're like, what? So he throws them in jail. And they're like, what is going on? So he comes back days later. They're like sitting in jail. They're like, what just happened? This is all in the Bible. Seriously, read uh, Genesis chapter I believe 37 to about 46 is where this whole story is found. If you guys want a good long read, it's an awesome story. But this is what actually happened. So he shows up and he says, I've been thinking, you 11 brothers, you need to prove to me that you're actually who you say you are. Because I think you're terrorists. And I think you just made up that story about your little baby brother Benjamin. So if he's really real, then you send everybody back to get baby Benjamin, but you keep one guy in jail. 
So everyone's like, Simeon! And Simeon's like, what? And, and they, they throw Simeon in jail. He actually stays there for, I did research, I think he was there for a couple years. It's kind of a bummer for Simeon. Anyway, um, so they start talking to one another. They're on, they're on the way back home, and they're like, oh my gosh, like, Simeon's in jail. They want us to go get Benjamin. Oh, this is really bad. And they're, they're like, God is punishing us for what we did to Joseph. He was begging for his life, and now we're begging for ours. And then Reuben's like, I told you guys we shouldn't kill him. I told you guys. And they're like, you're an idiot. You told us to sell him into slavery. You're so dumb, Reuben. Reuben and, he's, so, and then uh, Joseph's there, and he's like, it's funny because they're, they're talking, and they think Joseph doesn't understand them because he was speaking with an interpreter. But he's just the whole time, he's like, they don't even know I speak Hebrew. They're so dumb. I can hear everything they're saying. So Joseph, at this point, though, this is where you start to see the true character of Joseph. Joseph's like, ha, 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 these guys are so dumb. But then he gets hit with compassion, and he sees his brother struggling. And he's like, this, this is my family. And it's like part of him is like, but they sold you into slavery. But the other part's like, but they're your family. These are your brothers, the guys you grew up with. And it says that Joseph, he like went away, and he started weeping. He started just crying. His mascara is just all over his face, <laughs> his Egyptian mascara. He comes back. Everyone's like, what's wrong with your face? He's like, silence. I'm the governor. <laughs> So he comes back, and he's like, seize Simeon, and Simeon gets thrown into jail. And uh, then he's like, be gone. Go get your baby brother, Benjamin. He's trying really hard to play the villain, even though he loves his brothers. He's, he's, it's all part of his test. He's testing them. So Joseph's a really brilliant guy. He's got a brilliant plan here. So after the brothers leave, Joseph says to his servants, he says, listen, those guys came for grain. I want you to grain them out. And they're like, you were just yelling at those guys. Like, Silence! I'm the governor. <laughs> I want you to fill their bags with grain. And then I want you to take the money that they paid me. I want you to put it back in their bags. And they're like, okay, cool, Governor Joseph, we'll do that. So and he's like, and give them lots of clothes and blankets for their trip. And they're like, all right, whatever. So they, they, throw it on, they throw it in there. Now on the way back, they're, they're traveling. And, and one of the brothers, probably like Dan or somebody, Dan, he opens up his bag. And Dan's like, oh, snap. We paid the guys, right? And everyone's like, yeah, we paid them. We, we, we all paid them our silver. And Dan's like, I got silver in my bag. And everyone just opened up their bag. They're like, there's silver in our bag. Why is there silver in our bag? We are so dead. Like, we gave them the silver. There shouldn't be silver in the bag. Did you put silver in the bag? I didn't put silver. We're all going to die. These, I mean, this is a bad situation for these guys. It actually says that they turned to the heavens and like, why is God doing this to us? And I would say, probably because he tried to kill your little brother. Anyway, um, so they get back and they're talking to their dad. This is, I'm so, I'm paraphrasing, but it's really funny because this is pretty much really close to what the Bible says. Um, there's a verse where they're saying, dad, the governor was so mean to us and he treated us like spies, but we're not spies. That hurts our feelings when you say we're spies. Now he wants baby Benjamin. And Jacob's like, oh no. First Joseph dies, then Simeon gets put in jail, and now you guys want baby Benjamin? You can't take baby Benjamin? He's my baby Benjamin! Like, he's my baby boy! And then Reuben, this is actually in the Bible. This is, straight, this is just straight Bible. You guys should read the Bible sometime. It's amazing. If you're not reading the Bible, do it. There's so much good stuff in there. It's, there's funny stuff. So Reuben's like, this is in the Bible. I'm actually going to read the verse, okay? So Reuben says, no problem, Dad. 
Genesis 43, verse 37, he says, hey, listen, if Joseph doesn't get back, you may put both of my sons to death if I do not bring him back to you. And trust me in my care, I'll bring him back safe because nothing makes you feel better about losing your son than killing your own grandchildren. Like that's, what? No, Reuben, just everyone's like, Reuben, don't talk ever again. Just shut your mouth. You're not allowed to talk for the rest of the story. Reuben is so dumb. I, they named a sandwich after him. Um, so, after they have used up all the food, Simeon's still in jail. <laughs> they're like eating, they're like taking the grain, making bread for like months, like, oh, Simeon's in jail, whatever. And then they run out of bread and they're like, oh shoot, we gotta go back to Egypt. <laughs> Simeon's just like, why? <laughs> why me? <laughs> so Jacob says, go back and get more food. Judah says, Dad, he's not going to help us unless we bring him baby Benjamin. So Jacob says, why did you tell him you had a little brother, stupid? I added that word, but the rest is in the Bible. Judah says, he interrogated us. He was asking a ton of weird questions like, is your dad still alive? And do you have any brothers? This guy's really interested in our family. Weirdly, I don't understand. It's like he knows us. Then Judah says, listen. We got to take Benjamin, send him with me. I'll take full responsibility. If anything happens to him, it'll be my fault. His blood will be on my hands. Then Jacob says, okay, get some gifts, load up the horses, load up the donkeys, get some honey, get some almonds, get some avocados. Seriously, it's in there. Yeah. I was reading in the Bible. It's like Jacob's like, okay, what can we do to please the Pharaoh? Give him a little bit of honey, a little bit of avocado, Little bit of almonds. <laughs> the Pharaoh, like, they bring this, like, weird, like, gift basket, like, from the dollar store. The Pharaoh's just like, what? <laughs> All right, cool. So he says, but listen, he says, boys, boys, bring back baby Benjamin or I will die, literally. It'll kill, I'll die from a broken heart. So they arrive. Joseph meets them and he sees baby Benjamin. Little, little Benjamin. And he's just like, oh man, that's my brother. You see, Joseph, his dad had two wives. And it was weird. It's like a whole thing back then. But he had two wives. The brothers who hated Joseph, they came from a different mom. They were the, his brothers from another mother. But, same dad, but another mother. But baby Benjamin was the only brother who had the same mom, Rachel, as Joseph. Joseph and Benjamin came from the same mom and the same dad. So Joseph sees Benjamin and he's just like, oh, that's my bro. My bro's back. Rode the jet skis now. My bro's back. No one gets that reference. So he sees baby Benjamin. And he says, all the brothers are like, okay, we brought Benjamin. Like, can we have Simeon back? And Joseph's like, nope. (laughs) Instead, he says, take these men to my house and kill a cow. And we'll eat it together. It'll be amazing. We're going to have a sweet dinner. We will have lunch at noon. Wait, what? I wrote that wrong. I wrote that wrong. It says we will eat at noon. So they're having lunch. Unless there's something I don't know about Egypt. So the servants are like, aren't these guys the terrorists? Joseph's like, silence. I'm the governor. (laughs) They're like, don't you have one of those guys in jail? Silence. Do you want us to bring the guy out? No. (laughs) Leave Simeon in there. Simeon's like, well, I want to eat the food. 
I like to imagine they like put the dinner table like right outside Simeon's cell, and he's just like sitting, like, you know, like Pirates of the Caribbean ride where those guys are like in the jail. Um, okay. So the brothers are freaked out that they're going to Joseph's house because they're like, this guy's the governor. He thinks we're terrorists. He brought us, he made us bring baby Benjamin here. He's literally going to kill us. Uh, this is really bad. So they say to the staff, they go to Joseph's staff because remember, Joseph isn't speaking to them in Hebrew. He's using a translator. So go to the translator and they're like, we're so sorry. Can you tell Joseph we just came here to get some food? And for some reason, there was extra silver in our bags. We're so, so sorry. And the servant actually says, no problem. Don't worry. God blessed you. That stuff came from God. And they're like, uh, that's weird. Okay. Interesting. So they take him to Joseph's house. And Joseph's like, hey, hey, hey. Is your dad still alive? And they're like, what the? <laughs> like, why do you care? Uh, they're like, yeah, our dad is still alive. And Joseph's like, mm, good, yeah. I'm that, not that I care or anything. Like, yeah, but sweet. He's like, is that baby Benjamin? They're like, yeah, that's baby Benjamin. And Joseph's like, sweet. Baby Benjamin's here. All right. And then he goes to his room and weeps. <laughs> he just goes to the room and starts crying. He's like, oh, Benjamin, ah! and, the, and the eyeliner is running down his face again. And he comes out and verse... Chapter 43, verse 31, it says, and after he had washed his face, because, you know, girls, when you cry in the mascara, you got to wash your face. So after he had washed his face, he came out, and controlling himself, he said, serve the food. And this is where it gets, this is like the weirdest dinner ever. This is all in the Bible. I'm so excited that the Bible is so crazy and awesome and fun to study. Okay, this is what it says. I was reading it today. Weirdest dinner ever. So the Hebrews and the Egyptians weren't allowed to eat together, because the Hebrews were considered, like, scum. They were, like, the Egyptians were really racist towards Hebrews. So it's like, you guys are scum. We can't eat with you. Come to our house and have a dinner party. So Joseph was the governor, and he wasn't allowed to eat with the servants because he was higher than the servants. So Joseph has his own little table over here, private table with just Joseph. Then the servants have their own table, and then the Hebrews, the 11 brothers, they all have, they are the 12 brothers now, they all have their little table. So three tables, super awkward. No one's eating together. Everyone's just sitting at their own tables. And Joseph's like way over the corner. He's like, are you guys enjoying yourselves? And the translator's like, he said, are you guys enjoying yourselves? And they're like, yes, Mr. Governor. They said, yes, Mr. Governor. Good. He said, good. All right, sweet. I'm going to eat this. Now, like this is weird dinner. Now the brothers get seated at the table by the order of their age. They're like, how do they know how old we are? They're like, all right, we're just going to seat you from the oldest to youngest. Judah, Reuben, Simeon's in jail. <laughs> like, they're just, they're seating them all. And they're just freaked out. They're like, how do they know our ages? This is very strange that they know how old we are. They're freaked out. And then, this is where it gets interesting. They're bringing out the food. They're passing out the portions. And then Benjamin, Joseph's like, hey, hey, servant. Yeah, Joseph. You know, baby Benjamin, why do you keep calling that? Just, just I'm the governor. <laughs> you know, baby Benjamin, yes, I know baby Benjamin. I want you to bring him like five times more food than the other brothers. The servant's like, what the heck? So he gets the food and like, they're like serving the food and like, here's some food, here's some food, here's some food. And Benjamin, here's like 10 helpings. Benjamin's just like, sweet. Do I have to eat this? Like, yes, the governor says you have to. Okay. And the governor's just like, he's like over the corner like, yes, good. And Benjamin's just like eating all the food. Now, what, the, what he's doing is he's watching them. Joseph is watching them because what he's trying to do, he's remembering 
when he was the baby, when he was baby Joseph, before there was a baby Benjamin, he got treated extra special. He got extra food. He got extra clothes. And the brothers were jealous and they hated Joseph. So he's over in the corner, he's watching, and he's like, are they going to do the same thing over again? What he sees is the brothers are not showing any rudeness to Benjamin. They're like, Benjamin, we love you. Eat that food up, man. Man, we love you, Benjamin. And he's watching there and he's like, this is good. This is good. They've changed. They've made a change in their life. These guys who were so bad and who hated someone who got showed favoritism, they hated someone who got given things esteemed better. He, they hated Joseph, but now they love Benjamin. Something has changed in their heart. So Joseph is watching, and Joseph likes what he sees. So Joseph says to the servant, all right, servant, come here. And the servant's like, oh, okay, Joseph, what's up? And he's like, okay, remember, remember uh, those guys that we thought were terrorists? Yeah, I remember. I want you to fill their sacks with just like tons and tons of food. And they're like, okay, Joseph, we'll put tons of food. He's like, hey, remember how giving them their money back freaked them out? And they're like, yeah, we remember they were freaked out. Do it again. Put the money back. Just all the money they paid us, put it back in the bag. So they do it. They put it back in the bag. And then he says, oh, oh my gosh, this is going to be the best. Okay, servant, I want you to take my cup, my royal cup that I drink my royal juice out of, my my cup, my silver king given to me, signed by the Pharaoh himself. I want you to take my special drinking cup and put it in Benjamin's bag. And the servant's like, it is so weird working for you. <laughs> this is just the weirdest job I've ever had in my life. So they like, put it in baby Benjamin's sack. So, so he puts it in there. Now, in the morning, the brothers leave. And they're leaving. And Joseph's like, bye. It was so good to see you guys. And they're like, bye, governor. <laughs> and then Joseph turns to the servants. He's like, hey, you know those guys we were really nice to this whole time? And they're like, yeah, Joseph, we remember. And he's like, go attack them. And they're just like, what? They're like, he stole my royal cup. He stole my silver special cup. And they're like, Joseph, we literally, you told us to put that in the, I'm the governor. Go, go back. So just do it. So, so they catch them. And they're like, yo, brothers, why'd you take the cup? And they're like, what cup? We didn't take a cup. Did you take a cup? I didn't take a cup. Why would I take a cup? You're stupid. Just they're back and forth. And Reuben says, listen, Reuben, remember the guy who's like, just kill my grandkids or kill your kids. And just Reuben, he's an idiot. He says, he says, hey, guys, check this out, okay? If one of us has the cup, that guy will die and everybody else will be your slaves. Everyone's like, Ruben, that is so unnecessary. Why do you need to, like, like that, that wasn't on the table, and now it is. Like, why would you even say that? And then they're like, all right, check all the bags. So they're checking the bags, and they're like, nope, 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 nope. All right, Benjamin, let's check your bag. Benjamin's like, oh, you know I don't got any cup. And opens it. <laughs> it's there. It's like, bling, bling, bling. It's this shiny cup. And everyone is just, like, mind blown. Like, life is over. Like, worst day. Joseph is giving his brothers their very own worst day. He's paying it back. So, this is the close of the story. This is where it gets super, super interesting. These guys show up, and they are just, they're thrown at Joseph's feet. Just guards come in, push them on the ground. They land. They're looking up, and Joseph's like, why did you steal from me? 
why did you do it? And they're looking up, they're like, we don't know, we don't even know what to say. And Judah, the oldest brother, he says, what can we say? How can we even prove we're innocent? You found the cup in our bag. We say we didn't take it, but it's our word against yours. He says, listen, God has uncovered our guilt. We messed up and God uncovered it. He's not talking about stealing the cup. He didn't do that, but he's talking about what he did to Joseph. He's talking about what the brothers did. He's like, for 30 years, we've been running from this and now we're getting our punishment. For 30 years, we've been running away from our sins and it's finally caught up to us. We deserve to be in jail. We deserve this punishment. So Joseph, or he doesn't know Joseph's name. He's like, governor, put us in prison. We deserve it. Joseph says, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to throw you guys in jail. Only one, the guy who had the cup, baby Benjamin. You guys can go free, but baby Benjamin stays. It was one last test. Judah, the oldest brother, he says, listen, Joseph, or Egyptian man, that we don't know your name. He says, I can't do that. We've already lost one brother. We won't abandon Benjamin. If we come back without him, our dad will die of a broken heart. Take me instead. Take all of us. Let the boy go. Let Benjamin go home. At this point, the Bible says that Joseph just is like, everybody, out! And all the servants are like, oh, this guy's so weird. And they leave. And it says that Joseph starts crying like a baby. The Bible says that Joseph cried so loud that everyone in this giant house he lived in could hear, and even people outside the house. He's just like, Like, he's just crying so loud. And the brothers are like, can you imagine, like, I would probably pee my pants. Like, I would just, they're like, I, I, they're standing there and they're just like, this is literally the weirdest thing that, like, can someone just kill us? Like, let, this is terrible. The guy's crying. He's got mascara streaming down his face. He's just, and he looks at them and the brothers are freaked out. And then the Bible says, he, he says, And they're like, <laughs> they're inching up close. And he's like, a little close. <laughs> and, like, oh. and he gets, they get him right up in the face. And he says, I'm Joseph. <laughs> and they freak out. And they're like, what are you talking about? And then he's like, no, really. I am Joseph, who you sold into slavery. And I love you and I forgive you. The thing that you meant for evil, God turned to good. You meant to do bad things to me, but God sent me here to Egypt and I've been able to save people's lives. I'm the governor now. And so I, I forgive you. It says, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Now listen, I'm gonna wrap this up. That's a life-changing thing. Those brothers had been walking around for 30 years. And yeah, Joseph messed with them psychologically for a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. That was some real supervillain level stuff right there. <laughs> but in the end, Joseph's whole point was he wanted to know if they had changed. He wanted to know if they would treat Benjamin the right way. And the whole time he was planning on forgiving them. And he said, the guilt that you feel... I want it off your chest. I don't want you to feel that anymore. I don't want you to be guilty. I love you. Joseph actually, he, he brought all of his brothers and his father to Egypt and he gave them sweet houses and they all lived together. 
Like they were okay. Their family worked things out. Unforgiveness and bitterness and sadness is some of the darkness, the darkest darkness you can possibly face. I know we're almost out of time, but think about the situation in your life where you've been hurt, you've been wronged, someone did something to you. Maybe it was your family member. Maybe it was your dad. Maybe it was your mom. Maybe it was your brother. Maybe it was your sister. Maybe it was your friend. But think about what they did that hurt you, and maybe you're still holding on to it, and maybe you haven't forgiven them. You haven't, I mean, what did Joseph go through? Slavery, getting his hair ripped out spending years and years in prison for something he didn't do. He should have hated his brothers. He should have killed them. He should have wanted to destroy them. But he, the whole time, wanted to bless them and forgive them. And that's something that changed the entire course of his family's life. The family was no longer holding on to bitterness. It was no longer a family that was controlled by a guilty feeling. The dad controlled by just the sadness of his son dying. The brothers controlled by the guilt that they did something wrong and they're lying to their dad. Now their sin has been forgiven. It's out in the open. It's exposed, but it's forgiven. And I want you guys to know This isn't the typical kind of pierce the darkness, like, hey, go out and evangelize. But I think some of us have darkness in our life caused by bitterness and unforgiveness of people in our lives. And God calls us to be a light into the darkness. God calls us to forgive others as we have been forgiven. Every single one of us needs to forgive whoever it was in our life that did whatever they did to us because Jesus died on the cross to forgive all of our sins. Every single sin you have committed. I'm going to close with another story, and it's really short. There's a girl named Corey Ten Boom. Corey Ten Boom. Strange name. But Corey lived with her sister Betsy in Holland during World War II. She was a Christian woman. Corey loved and she served everybody. This is a teenage girl. She fell in love at an early age. And in an early age, the guy that she loved and the guy who promised to stay with her and the guy who promised to marry her, he left her for somebody else. And this girl, about 17 years old, heartbroken, she, instead of just living in bitterness and sorrow what would happen to her, she decided, I love Jesus so much more, and I'm going to follow Jesus. Corey served everybody. Corey loved everybody. She took care of her aunt for years when her aunt was dying in bed. She started a Christian club in her neighborhood, in her village, and hundreds of girls, junior high age girls, ended up getting saved and knowing Jesus through these Christian clubs. She took over her dad's clock-making shop when her dad got too old. She said, Dad, I want to learn how to do it. I want to learn how to make clocks. And she took over her dad's shop. She was busy, but she loved the Lord. She served everybody. Even though bad things happened in her life and more bad things were to come because you see, when war broke out and the Germans and the Nazis started killing Jews everywhere, Jews in not only uh, Germany, but in Holland and Austria and Sweden and all these other countries, they were hunting down Jewish people and executing them just because they were Jewish. Corey Ten Boom, she knew this was wrong. And so her and her sister, they created a hole in the wall of their house and they started hiding Jewish people in the hole in their wall to help them pass through. Well, eventually they got found out and Corey Ten Boom ended up in a concentration camp. If you don't know what that is, her and her sister Betsy ended up in a camp that was designed to kill people. It wasn't like a summer camp, it was a death camp. You went there, there was, it was just, 
you barely got any food, you got starved, you got stripped naked, you just, you were put out in the cold, some people froze to death, some people got sent into gas chambers, some people, they'd be filthy and dirty and smelly for weeks, and then the Germans would come and say, you know, we've got a shower ready for you to help you get cleaned up, and so they'd go into the shower room, and they'd be so excited to get clean because they haven't bathed in weeks or months, but instead of water coming out of the shower head, it was gas, poisonous gas that killed them, and Corrie ten Boom survived, but she watched her sister die in a concentration camp at the hands of a German. Well, years later, Corrie ten Boom gets out of the concentration camp. She's a much older woman now. And she says, you know what? Bad things have happened to me, but I'm not going to give up hope. I'm going to tell people about Jesus. People need to hear. I'm going to use my story to bless people. And one day she's standing up at a, at a pulpit like this, and she's telling her story. And she's talking about how God caused her to forgive others. She's telling her how God give her, gives her hope and God gives her forgiveness for her sins and God takes away all of her sins and how God can take away your sins. And there's a man in the audience who stands up and he walks up to her and he says, do you remember me? And she says, no. And then she looks and she recognizes his face. It was one of the German guards, one of the German men who killed her sister. She watched this man, along with other men, kill her sister in a concentration camp. And the man says, Corey, I've become a Christian. I'm so sorry, but I know Jesus takes away my sin. I know that Jesus takes away those things I've done. Can you ever forgive me? And in that moment, Corey Ten Boom says, in her heart, she said, I can't forgive him. I can't for the things that he's done. I can't. And she froze. But then God spoke to her heart and says, Corey, I have forgiven you of everything. I'm commanding you to forgive others. I know it doesn't make sense, but my love is so much bigger than that. In that moment, Corey's heart was filled with love and she, she grabbed the man and gave him a big hug and she says, sir, I forgive you. I love you. And it's just one of the most powerful stories of forgiveness. Remember, guys, no matter what it was that happened, God's love is so much bigger than that. He died for everyone. He loved everyone. And I'm so excited that we will be able to go to heaven one day and see people standing there who hurt us at one time, but to see them rescued and saved by the forgiveness of God. All of us have sinned. We've all made mistakes. We all know that we need a Savior. You may compare yourself to someone and say, I didn't sin as bad as them, but we've all sinned. And every sin is enough to separate us from God. But God loved us so much that he died for every single one of us. And I want you guys to know that if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you accept that God died for you, if you accept that someone died to forgive you, if you accept that, if you just say, I believe that, then that is what will make you not have to be separated from God. But that's where you get to be not only a son of God or a daughter of God, but a friend of God. The story of Joseph is just one story, but the whole Bible is the story of God forgiving us. So, let's pray. Let's remember that. Dear Lord, I thank you so much that I'm forgiven. I thank you so much, God, that you have died for my sins. I thank you that you've died for the sins of all of us here, God. If we could just lay out all the sins that we've all committed in this room, it would, just, it would be miles and miles long, Lord. We've done so many wrong things. But God, we're so thankful that you sent your son to die for us. We're so thankful, God, that you love us enough to forgive us. And God, if Joseph can forgive his brothers, we know he couldn't do that on his own. It only came through your power. If Corrie ten Boom can forgive the, the German who killed her sister, 
God, we, we know that can only come from your power. And God, we want that. We want that in our life. We want that kind of forgiveness. If there's anyone here who feels like maybe there's someone you need to forgive, if everyone can just keep your eyes closed, but if there's anyone here who feels like there's someone in your life you need to forgive and you're having a hard time doing it, just raise your hand really quick and I'll pray for you. Okay. Okay. Anybody else? Okay, I want you, I want you to pray with me, okay? Just repeat in your head what I'm saying, okay? And mean it in your heart. Dear Lord, I'm having a hard time forgiving someone who did something to me. But God, I know that your forgiveness and love is so much bigger than whatever has been done to me or done to the people that I love. And I ask God that you would help me to forgive them. Help me, God, to love them. Even though that sounds impossible, just saying it, God, help me to let go of my bitterness. Help me to let go of my pain. Help me to let go of my anger. And help me, God, to forgive. Help me, God, to love the way that you love. Thank you, God, for loving me and dying for me. If there's anyone here, keep your eyes closed, but if there's anyone here who you don't know Jesus and you, you haven't given your life to him and you don't know what that forgiveness looks like, but you know you've done things that are wrong, you know that you need forgiveness and you're listening to these stories and you're like, I, I want that kind of forgiveness in my life. I want what God wants to give me. I, I want to be forgiven and I want to follow Jesus. If anybody here feels that way, you can raise your hand and, and we'll pray together. Does anyone feel that way? You can raise your hand really quick. Anybody at all? Okay, good. If you feel that way, just pray with me right now. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. And I know that. I know I've made mistakes. And God, I know without you, there's no one or nothing that can save me. Jesus, I ask that you would forgive me. And I ask that you would help me to follow you all of the days of my life. I need you. So I ask Jesus that you would be a part of my life right now. I ask that you would be a part of my heart forever. I want to follow you, Jesus. And I love you, and I'm so thankful that you died for me. I accept you. If you prayed that, I'm so happy for you. Love you guys. Um, dear Jesus, I pray for these guys right now that you'd bless them, give them a good week, give them a great night. And I pray, God, that they would most of all, spend time with you. I pray that they would come to you and walk with you and know you, not just at church, Lord, but in their own times, maybe even tonight before they go to bed. Help them, God, to just come near to you. We need you, Jesus. We love you, and we just want to be your friend. We just want to follow you. Thank you, God, for giving us that opportunity. We love every single one of you. We love you, Jesus. <laughs> we thank you, God. Thank you for loving every single one of us. In your name, and everybody said... Amen. Amen.